Greetings, dearly beloved, in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Won't you come with me now to the Old Testament book of Psalm, Psalm number 77, as I read and you hear and we read together, Psalm number 77, verses 11 through 15. And listen now for the word of the Lord. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me now. Almighty God, God, I come, Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, I come asking for a full and fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. Consecrate me, Lord, to thy service. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray it. And let everyone say, Amen. Amen. I've been wrestling and thinking after hearing some of the news this week around the coronavirus. And so I'm just going to ask your ear for a few minutes today. Stay with me, stay with me, please. Our topic today is sharing my story. Would you please let me share my story? I want to speak a word today about African-American people in America and the life that I have lived as an African-American. As you see, I'm a pastor in my senior years. Oh, beloved, I'm, I'm hearing the news about how many African-Americans are dying disproportionately from the coronavirus, and I'm deeply wounded. I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I believe that this news means little or nothing to many people in this country because the opposite of love is not hate. It is indifference. And so I ask this morning, I ask, who cares about African-Americans other than a few African-Americans? How many people of other races and cultures openly say loving, 
kind, factual, good things and talk about the phenomenal things they know about African-American people who lifts up our authentic culture and our God-given gifts. Why do people just steal our gifts and call them their own? Can't we get just a little credit? And I ask because I hear about other cultures and, and races all the time. And I love that. I love diversity. And that's a good thing. Oh, I enjoy hearing about how spiritual Korean people are. I hear about that and I'm glad to hear it. How they are committed to prayer and to the church. I learned more about that when I was in Korea. I love to hear about how Hispanic people are so family oriented that they can pull their resources and get what they want. I just can't get enough of hearing about how powerful the Tongan, Samoan, and other Pacific Island people can sing and how authentic their music sounds. And you know what? People are quick to say that Asian people are industrious and smart, serious about business and education. And of course, everybody hears that European people are powerful and aggressive. Beloved, I want to hear something say, somebody say something good to a a large crowd of people about African-Americans other than some African-Americans because African-Americans at this point deal so much with with self-hate and self-condemnation that we need to hear something good because until other people realize the truth of our worth until we realize it our humanness and the fact that we too are made in the image of God, nothing will change. You know, doing slavery to justify it, they said that African Americans didn't have a soul and were less than human. Oh, the lies, the lies still lives today. And until people realize our worth and our humanity, then our dying will not make a difference. Because the truth is, the truth really is, black lives matter too. And if only the world would hear the truth, the real truth, and accept it, things for us would change for the better. African Americans are precious human beings too. African Americans are fearful and wonderfully made in the image of God too. And I'm just going to assume that you don't talk about me because you don't know me. And so therefore I just choose to share a portion of my story as an African American woman because I love myself and my people, which enables me to love all people. And, and, and I certainly want young people to hear this and old ones like me to remember. Oh, beloved people of the world, I, I want you to hear my story because this story belongs to all the elder black people who are also dying today disproportionately of 
the coronavirus here in America in 2020. You know what? Beloved, I can remember growing up in a segregated village of, of love and caring, smart, classy, brilliant people. Everything in the village was close at hand because we had to stay in our little corner of the world. When looking back, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Oh yeah, we had our own things. We had our own churches, our own preachers, our own doctors, teachers, schools, hospital, funeral homes, social gathering places, mom and pop grocery store and culture. And you know, looking back on it today, yeah, like I said, it, it wasn't so bad. We had no idea that Dr. King's dream would become a nightmare. Because most importantly, it was a caring village, insulated us in many ways from the hate. Let me tell you where I live. I live in a light yellow brownstone house, trimmed in brown, with a large front porch, large front porch, and double glass doors. The schools were directly across the street from my house. There were four houses between our house and my father's funeral home, which was on the corner. Now, my uncle and his family lived across the busy street from my daddy's funeral home. My grandmother and my aunt lived about six or seven houses down from my uncle. I knew all the neighbors, and even though I could not just visit them without permission, I knew them all, and I could never accept food unless my mama knew it. My parents were the best. They, they knew all the teachers who taught me because they lived in the neighborhood too. We knew the doctors, the lawyers, the factory workers, the day laborers, the preachers, the police officers, the nightclub owners, the grocery store owners, the bootleggers, the wine olds, the drunks, the womanizers. We knew Mr. Big Red, the cray-cray man who preached to the telephone pole. We ran when we saw Big Red. We all knew Miss Etta, too. She was always talking to us there. Names are not real now. And the town alcoholic was one of my father's best friends. He worked for my daddy. He was a mister, noticed I called him mister, because he was a child of God who happened to have a drinking problem. Oh, but in the village, everybody was accepted just as they were, and help was always there. Child of God, I remember how the old people seemed to have a, a secret cold and, and they knew things about us that only eyes in the back of their heads could have seen. Oh, but now I know that everybody was watching us and everybody was telling on us. And if talking about you didn't change you, then a whooping would. I didn't say whipping, I said a whooping. But you know what, now, now I have a secret that I'm gonna tell y'all, I'm gonna tell you. I never got Oh, I came close, oh, but somehow it never happened. Maybe that's one of the many reasons that I can shout in church today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful. Now, black people were real disciplinarians. Those old black folk, they expected the best from you with no excuses. They would teach with words of wisdom. 
If you lay down with dogs, you'll come up with fleas. Association brings about assimilation. What goes around comes around. And this one, I brought you here. I can take you out. And then another one, a hard-headed, hard head makes for a soft butt. I remember, I remember however how they so generously blended the hard with the soft. Oh, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. They would take the time to talk to you just to get you back on the right path. You see, because their high expectations were without apology. They didn't care who your daddy was or your mama was or where you lived or what you did not have. They expected the best from you. They were tough lovers. The black village. And know this, nobody loved you. They took time with you to teach you things. They would sit you between their legs and, and comb your hair. They part it, grease it, brush that hair, and plait it, all while talking to you. They would hug you and pat you on the back, saying, I love you. Love just seemed easy for them to show what to say. And they would smile at you as much as they gave you the eye. The eye. Old black folk know what I'm talking about. Oh, they loved us all, not just their own children and blood family. They loved all the children, especially the children and young people. Many of my friends, and some who I weren't, I guess, many of my friends called my mama, Mama Stella. And we called all the older women mother. Uh, they would repeat the old African wisdom saying, it takes a village to raise a child. I was raised by a village of black people. And I'm so grateful. Child of God, hang with me, hang with me now. I remember how communal they were, you know, how they spoke to every black person they saw, whether they knew them or not. Uh, that was to validate their humanity. I remember how, how they took the time and talked to each other and called each other their formal names. My mother's best friend was Mrs. Whitfield. Everybody older than me was Mrs. or Mr. I was not allowed to call adults by their first names, and I always showed respect by acknowledging them with answers of yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, yes, sir, or no, sir. I lived in a day when the deeds of the Lord were evident. Our scripture reading says, I call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I remember in all this chaos, your wonders of old. 
I might not have known then, but I certainly know now that, that I was living in the midst of the deeds of the Lord and his wonders were all around me in the people of the black village. I remember when our parents didn't have all the material things we have today. And yet, they could say, thank you, Jesus, all day long. I remember when the opportunities we have today were not even in their mind, and yet they could tell funny stories and find time to laugh and to play and a place to live, and somebody would take care of everybody. I don't care who you were. If you needed a place, somebody would open a room in their home and take you in. They had less to share, and yet they, they shared more than we do today. They were a wonder to behold. I will remember the wonder of old. And when I meditate on their work and muse on their mighty deeds, I know that their hands were in the Lord's hands. They could not have sent us to school or kept us dressed or bought houses and cars without the Lord being on their side. We weren't privileged to have help everywhere you look. It was God on our side. Everything they did was against the obstacles in this country. And when I remember them, I'm remembering the deeds of the Lord and his wonders of old. Oh yeah, they went to work in other people's kitchen and washing their dirty clothes and cleaning their filthy bathrooms and being abused by their ignorance. And still, they could look forward to Sunday. Oh, come Sunday. Oh, come Sunday. They would wear their fine clothes and they floated into the house of God with the greatest of dignity and pride. Oh, they loved to dress. One of the worst things that ever happened to them when they came to these shores and they took their clothes off. They dressed up. They dressed up for the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It was an Esther spirit. They took time to go before the king. Oh, they loved the church of God. It was by far the finest building in the community, and it was owned by black people. We love our houses that we own today. But back in the day, they loved God's house. They could stay in God's house all day long. Yes, they could. They could stay in God's house all day long. You know, they could get up and they could, they could shout in God's house all Oh, world, America, you and I 
We need to share the wonderful story about African-American people. We do. Because African-American people are strong people. We've had to be. We were among the strongest and finest stolen from our native land, Africa. We are an overcoming people. We are an indestructible people. We are a creative people. We're a loving people. But most of all, we are a people who have kept the faith. And even though too many of us have wandered the last 50 years away from the God of our ancestors, oh, I just thank God that he's never let us go. Because some of the fastest growing churches in America the last 20 years are African-American churches. Praise God. Our children are remembering to come home to the God of our ancestors. They're coming home to God because they know that racism and sexism and ageism and hate and indifference and evil is still much alive and well today. I got this morning and I was reading and I came across an article by a young African-American whose name is Jamil Bowie. I'm so proud of you, son. I quote, he's a New York Times opinion columnist, and I quote, if there was anything you could predict about this pandemic, anything you could be certain about once it reached American shores, it was that some communities would weather the storm while others would sink under the waves and that the distribution of this suffering would have everything to do with patterns inscribed by the past. He continues, as long as those patterns remain, there is no path to a better society. We have to break them before they break us. Thank you, son. I'm old now and I was a 60s child. And so I want the young African-Americans today who are conscious to know how proud I am of you. In fact, my spirit says that you will be the generation to usher us into the glory of God. I'm telling you, Jamal says, unless we change, unless we take a new path. And I have an idea here. In my spirit, I hear God saying, change the atmosphere. And I, I, I know a way we can do that. Change the atmosphere. I'm going to make a challenge. And you young people know what to do with a challenge. I don't, but I'm going to make a challenge. My challenge is this. That we bombard the atmosphere, every race, every color, 
of those who are hurting most and dying most today in America. Let's say, I love African American people. Can we just everybody say that? I love African American people. Put it out there. Put it out there. Don't cost you nothing. I challenge you. White, brown, yellow, red, blue, green, purple. I challenge you, all of us, within the next few days, weeks, months, let everybody say, I love African American people. Mother Waters. I thank you. And I praise God for each and every one of you. Let's make God proud. In the name of Jesus. I love American people. I'll see you later. And I hope that you'll join me each and every Sunday. I hope you'll look me up. Check out our website. Give if you would like. We'd appreciate it. But most of all, I want you to take the challenge that Mother set forth today. In Jesus' name. God loves you, boo. God loves you, every, every one of you. God loves you, and so do I. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you, and I need you to survive. It is His will. That every need be supplied You are important to me I need you to survive Oh, you're important to me I need you to survive I need you Body, stand with me, agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Oh, you're I need you to survive.